We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We have an early trade to announce. <laughs> right off the top, we've got a trade. Let's yeah, we go. <laughs> Trevor Lane here, joined by Keith Smith. We've got a trade. Christian Wood going to the Dallas Mavericks. This broke last night. I'm shocked. I'm in disbelief. Houston, what are you doing? <laughs> Keith, what is going on in this trade? Christian Wood going to the Mavs for the 26th pick and four expiring contracts that are non-rotation players. Let's start with the Mavs side because that's sunnier. Sure. What, what are the Mavs getting here in Christian Wood? Yeah, they're getting a very good uh, offensive big man. Uh, defense has always been a little bit of a question. Uh, mm-hmm. He's never really been put in a place where he's had to play great defense. So that's a question, too. Like, does he have it in him? Uh, Dallas was a very good defensive team uh, last year, and uh, despite having some kind of limited players. So we'll see you know, what that looks like there. Uh, he's, he's also a very good rebounder. Uh, he can shoot inside and outside. He's going to be a fantastic uh, you know, screen game partner with Luka because uh, he can roll to the back. He can pick and pop. So, yeah, I think their their offense, which is in a lot of ways, that's what let them down against the Warriors. It's going to get better uh, with with this deal. And as you said, 26 pick, were they even going to use that? Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, well, what were they even going to get for that? Uh, and then four non-rotation players, Boban Yaman. Uh, uh, I got all tongue-tied there. Uh, <laughs> Boban Marjanovic, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris. Uh, Trey Burke will have to opt in uh, for next year and pick up his player option in order to be in this trade. Um, but much like we talked about with Jamichael Green, that'll happen because uh, he was going to do that anyway. And he gets a little trade bonus, gets like 250000 extra. Uh, That's not a bad so, bonus. Yeah, not, not bad for not doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, and then then we kind of go from there. So this is, uh, you know, where we're at right now with, with uh, you know, Dallas is they, they certainly, I think, got better. Even if, you know, I'm seeing some people say Christian Wood's not perfect. Is he going to get them, you know, to the finals, sure. to a championship? No, but they're better than they were yesterday. And you deal with the rest of it. It's, you know, we've got a whole offseason to go and all the way up to the trade deadline and everything else. 
I've seen a lot of like Rockets fans trying to justify this trade by saying like, oh, you know, Christian Wood's not that good defensively. Christian Wood can't do this. Christian, you know, locker room, blah, 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 blah. That's built into the price. Yep. That's that's already baked in. Like you basically the Mavs got him at that floor. You you gave up stuff that would be assuming that he there's going to be issues in the locker room, that he can't play defense because his offensive skill set and his fit is such that you would you would give up a late first for him all day, every day. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like that is there. It's low risk for the Mavs because it's already baked into the price that they paid. Now, if they had paid two first or something like that, then we could say, okay, this needs to hit for the Mavs. He needs to make sure he is oh, yeah. great in the lock, you know, all that, right. Great in the locker room. The defense comes around. All these things need to happen. No, I, I think you have built in that risk already. And this is a buy low situation for the Dallas Mavericks, this is a great trade for them. They essentially replaced the, to some degree, the skill set of like a Kristaps Porzingis in terms of a, a big who can space the floor, who can shoot, um, kind of lanky, can switch between the four and the five a little bit. They replaced that at a cost of hardly anything. I mean, yeah. a late first, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. A fraction of the cost to, uh, cost them to get Porzingis, then what yeah. they paid for Porzingis after uh, in his max extension. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, Wood is a free agent uh, after this upcoming season. So, but again, that's priced into the value here because that could turn into a one year kind of situation if it doesn't work out. But, yeah, it's, I, I'm struggling to understand the folks who are screaming and yelling that Dallas didn't do well here and, and there was some of that last night on social mm-hmm. media of like what are the Mavs doing and and then I'm just not sure what people thought that uh you know package of four non-rotation guys in the 26th pick was supposed to get them yeah. I, I don't know again not not perfect he's not a perfect player not a perfect person not a perfect fit you know by any means doesn't necessarily solve all Dallas's problems but he's now by pretty good lengths, the best offensive big on the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's worth something, you know, for a team that Absolutely. at times really struggled to score points in the playoffs. And like I said, that's it, the the possibility of him not being a fit is baked into the cost. So mm-hmm. you absolutely, absolutely take this take this gamble yep. every single day. For the Houston side, what are the Rockets doing here? I mean, this right. to me, they got fleeced in this deal. But tell me, what – what did they get here that made sense? And I don't buy the whole, well, we need to free up playing time for Alper and Sengun. To me, that doesn't mean you take a below market value trade just to say, well, hey, we got we got him. And it's you could accomplish that just by changing your rotation. So what do the Rockets really get out of here? What's the benefit for them to do this trade? I don't know why. The timestamp is here five minutes-ish into the show, six minutes, whatever it is. Mark it down. Trevor and Keith disagree. Rare. I, I am. Here. I am no. And this, this, we should put this disclaimer in. I have long been high on on Christian Wood in terms of his talent, in terms of his fit, sure. in a lot of different places. So that's that is part of that. That is added into this here. But again, a, yeah, what did they get? There, there's a tweet that goes around anytime a good Christian Wood thing happens that I wrote years ago, literally, yeah. I think like three, four years ago about like, what are the Bucks doing? Like just bring Christian Wood up from the G League. Like this guy's killing right. it down there. He can really play. So I'm with you. I'm a big Christian Wood guy too. I get what you're saying about, uh, you know, did you just make a bad deal to free up playing time and all that? Fully, fully understand that. I think though this also represents 
was there anything better out there? Was any the, the four players had to be in the deal because that's how you have to match salary to make it happen. Sure. And if you're Houston, you just wave them and move on or retrade them or do whatever you want to do. So that part I'm not really. So it's really this boils down to it's 26 for it's for 26 Christian for Christian Wood, right? So when I look at this from the the Rocket side, is was there a better deal out there? Was anybody going to offer anything better than number 26? We don't know. Right, because that's a challenge, or was it going to turn into hey, instead of taking four minimal salaries back, you're going to take one $15 or $15, 15 million dollar player back, um, you know, to bring in, and then that causes an issue that way. Um, the playing time thing though is real, they want Alperin Shengun to probably start next year, and on top of that, they're going to draft one of Smith, Bancaro, or Holmgren. Um, in the first round, and that's another big. Jay Sean Tate, super undersized, but he really plays like a four. So now what you're turning into is if you want to play all those guys and maybe have some minutes for Kenya Martin Jr., who they like, you can't have Christian Wood on the team. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of stories that have come out that Wood was already complaining about his playing time, the direction of the team. He didn't like where things were going. So unless you truly believe, hey, you could have got the – 15th pick the 20th pick whatever it is which maybe they could have i don't know um but my guess is they didn't just take the first offer that came their way they, this was not a this guy, we got to get this guy out of here at all costs my guess is they canvassed the league came back with all right this is the best we can do we're 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 gonna we're gonna run with this and we're we're gonna uh take this deal and go and then we'll rebuild our young group around you know Shingun, whichever big we draft that'll be our our front core pairing moving forward we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To me, this it feels like a fire sale deal. It feels like uh, we have yeah. to get this guy off of off of our roster, just in terms of of the return. Because right now, I'm seeing fans of 28 teams say, "Why didn't we get in on this?" Sure. And that that to me, like the general sentiment that I'm seeing out there is, "Oh my gosh, if that's all it costs, like why why wouldn't we try try to go get this guy?" Sure. So I'm still I'm still very underwhelmed by what the Houston Rockets got in return. Now again. Can this still work for them? Sure. Yeah. But I think some things have to happen. Like from the Mavs side, I see this as in the worst case, it's still a worthwhile gamble. From the Rocket side, I see this as Sangoon's got to do really well in those minutes. Christian Wood has to kind of flame out in in Dallas, has to be a locker room problem, that kind of stuff. Or you got to find somebody with the 26 pick 
that really makes a difference. Like if that kind of stuff happens, then in hindsight, we can look back and say, you know what, this was this was the right move. But on the surface, right now, given the information that we have at this moment, I'm very underwhelmed by what the Rockets got in return for a pretty talented player. Yeah, my guess is, so one of the places where I've seen some real consternation was, why weren't the Hornets involved? They, they need a Absolutely. center. Well, why did they not give up you know, 13 or 15 and go go get Christian Wood? Well, here's the challenge is, though, matching salary matters. And was mm-hmm. it going to be, hey, we'll do you know, 13 and Gordon Hayward for Wood and Eric Gordon? And then are the Rockets like, no, we don't want the Gordon Hayward contract. We're we, we don't need that kind of cluttering up our books. It's that's where it's right there. We say this all the time. There's always two sides to to a trade, right? Sometimes three, sometimes four, but but there's always at least two. And right. I think it, it becomes a fact of I don't I rarely do I believe that it, it comes back out there of like. Yeah, there were better offers, right? R- Rafael Stone is not going to stand up there later and say, well, we had better offers, but we took this one, right? I mean, that's sure. never going to happen anyway. Right. And all the, you know, well, couldn't so-and-so beat that? Well, I mean, could they? Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's that's the challenge, I think, is because to get a better pick, you're probably taking back worse money. You know, that's maybe longer mm-hmm. term uh, in this situation. And I think what we're seeing in this return is it's hard because – we both said we both really like Christian Wood quite yeah. a bit, but I think we're seeing, I don't know that the NBA likes him quite as much as we like him. And, and that's certainly possible. That could be factored into this return here for the Rockets. You know, big picture though, what does this mean for the trade market? Because I looked at this and I thought either it could mean nothing, and this is an outlier trade, and teams will just look at this and say, no, the Rockets probably didn't get enough. This doesn't do anything for setting the, the future market. I mean, we see sometimes where sure. free agency, like one free agent goes off the board at a specific position and that sets the market for everybody else at that position. That happens. So what does this mean for the market? Does this mean that picks are going to be pretty valuable or does this mean that players are going to be pretty cheap to acquire or does this mean nothing? Is this just a, it, it's not going to change anything on the market because it's going to be seen as the outlier trade rather than something that follows with the trend in terms of cost. I tend to fall somewhere between the picks are going to be pretty valuable and the, um, this doesn't really mean anything. I I tend to think every trade is its own individual event, right? It's not, it's, it is different from free agency in the respect of in free agency. It is like if, if, uh, if Ty Jones signs first and gets $20 million a year, well, Jalen Brunson's then is coming in and demanding twenty five, like we talked sure. about yesterday, right? right. Um, so that that is a that that is a real thing that happens. Um, there's often why agents always you get, get your deal done early, right? Because then then you're done, um, you know, and you can get the most that's out there without having to sit there. You know, it's the same thing is sometimes it works the other way. Sometimes like, hey, that guy only signed for fifteen. Why are we going to give you twenty? Right? right, and that becomes a challenge. Now with trades. Yeah, I, I tend to think though it is saying draft picks are being pretty highly valued right right now. I think mm-hmm. um, it's funny. I was just on the radio in Portland uh, this morning, and they're like, "What can we get for the seventh pick then?" And it's like, if if, if twenty six got Christian yeah, Wood, yeah, right? like Christian if you Wood. if you've got a pick right now, you're yeah. going yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, if you're right. the Hornets sitting on thirteen and fifteen, you might be feeling pretty good of like, hey, we can move that. And I think I do think there's going to be some of that, right? There's going to be some of like. Uh, you know, but teams will also use it as well. 
he only got the 26 pick. So why would you know, we give you a really good pick? But sure. it's it, it's it, it will have some semblance of uh you know impact i just don't know that's going to be anything where it's like yep that's it that that locked everything in so mm-hmm. yeah it, it will be very fun now to monitor but you know again i said this on twitter last night after this there's a reason we've been hammering for it's at least been a month now if not summer longer. trade summer of the trade right that's there, right this is it gonna be a lot of fun mm-hmm. all right let's let's move on here let's talk a little bit about the draft jaden ivy not interested in going to the Kings. Not great when you've got the fourth pick in the draft in a top three potentially draft. And Jaden Ivey is one of the guys that's in consideration right there at number four. How much does this matter, though? I mean, we've seen situations like Steph Curry didn't want to go to the Warriors. and The Warriors just said, eh, taking you anyway. Sometimes it goes the other way. Kobe didn't want to go to the uh, to the Nets. And so they said, uh, OK, we'll take Kerry Kittles instead then. What? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nets. Um, what what do we think about about this? How much does this actually matter in terms of the Kings and their draft process? Yeah, he, he, I don't think he let it chase you off the, the kid. What worries me more is the medical part, and it sounds like the way the story is being reported by Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN that the Kings haven't been able to get his medical. That part makes me a little concerning. Now, Jaden Ivey also, though, he doesn't have like a long history of injury that I'm aware of. So that's maybe less concerning, right? He's also not a seven-footer uh, where you really want to be able to look at those guys and look over the back, the legs, the feet uh, look like on, on those those kids uh, with that. So that's a, that part. That part's concerning, but not super uh, worrisome. So I do think it is a position for the um, Kings, though, where this is not great. And the only way this gets fixed is if they fix it, right, and start winning and start making good yeah. decisions winning over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Like, then, then all of a sudden that you know stuff goes away and you know, we'll go a different direction. I it, I'm seeing some like, well, the Kings have to trade this pick now, right? They, they've got to move and in, in, in a different direction. If this, well, you don't make a bad trade just because no kid doesn't no. want to be there, you know. And in the reality is the way the NBA works, fair or unfair, that's a discussion for a much later time. You know, it doesn't matter what he wants. It's he's not going to not sign and not play. Um, you don't have any control over this really. You can try to control it to the extent of right now, of you know, hey, I don't want to be here. But what's that mean? In four years, you're going to sign somewhere else? Kings aren't going to worry about that, right? And it's not like he's going to show up and not play hard and all those other things. So, you know, it's if you're the Kings, you do what you think is best for you without a lot of regard for the rest. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That said, I don't fault Jaden Ivey at no, all. Absolutely I don't fault not. Because I think we're getting, as time goes by, we're seeing draft prospects have a greater and greater understanding of the fact that your landing spot matters more than your draft spot in terms mm-hmm. of a, a long-term career. Now, obviously, if you can go five, and if you don't go at five, you're going to go at 45. 
yeah. draft, draft spot matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about within reason yes. here, right? Yeah. Within reason. If yeah, you Dave think, Nibby knows he's not slipping past like five or six. So. E- exactly. Exactly. So if he's looking at it and he's saying, this team over here is a better situation for me. This is a better opportunity for me for my career to eventually become a star in this league and the kind of earnings that come with that. I have no problem with him trying to influence where he ultimately lands because, again, I think players are getting a lot smarter and understanding where it is that they land has a really big impact on exactly how their career goes. So, of course, I think they should be trying to do what they can to get to where they feel like is going to be the best situation for them. Yeah, this can be if the team exercises can full control. This could be as long as an eight-year process where you're kind of locked in or seven if you did a player option on that second contract after if you hit restricted free agency and signed elsewhere. So that that's that's tough, right? Because yeah. that's one of those things where, yeah, you're going to be, be in a spot. But, yeah, I don't blame the players at, at all. And if let's say, right, we know Jaden Ivey's a you know, Midwest kid. He went to school in Indiana. If, let's say he wants the Pacers. Uh-huh. And I don't know that he does. I'm not reporting that by any means. But what he's doing is, hey, Pacers, trade up. Trade up and go get me, right? Yeah. And, and we'll go. What I think is worrisome for the Kings, maybe kind of playing into this a little is, we heard all about how Tyrese Halliburton really wanted to be there, and then they yeah. traded him. Yeah, like That's just so tough. And I don't even hate that trade for them because I like DeMontis Sabonis, I think, more than a lot of other people do. But it just is one of those things where I'm just like, uh, I just – like that's just – these are the things they have to overcome. Yeah. And they, they, there's only one way to get past it, and that's, you know, make good decisions over and over and over and then start winning. And then all of a sudden all this stuff will go out the window. Absolutely. That's what it's going to take. All right. Finish up. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about game six. By the way, we will be on playback tonight. I'm going to put the link in the description down below doing our live play-by-play of the game. That's going to be a lot of fun. So come join us for that. But game six, Celtics, Warriors, uh, everything on the line here for for Boston. Warriors are up 3-2 right now, but the game is in Boston. Expecting a pretty raucous crowd. Um, what's the, what's the feeling like among Celtics fans right now? Trepidation? Is there energy, excitement? What, where are we at? I think the vast majority are feeling that there's going to be a game seven, that this okay. team's going to come home, get the bounce from the crowd and, and really you know, lift themselves into a game seven. There, there's, there's certainly some, I mean, every fan base has the the negative Nellies who are like, it's over. And, you know, and sure. then I knew it was chicken, over. Chicken Littles. Like, yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah. you know the, the the Celtics fan base has more than their fair share of those. I I, I tend to believe it's the weather. They they attach <laughs> too much of themselves to to their sports teams when you can't go outside for half of the year. But um, I it's overall though. I think I think people are confident, and I think it's weird because I don't think it's misplaced confidence either because when they haven't played like complete, they'll keep it clean idiots, uh, you know, uh, in this series, they've been great. They've played really mm-hmm. well. It's when they, you know, get caught up in nonsense stuff and arguing with the refs. And, and of course, you know, when they're throwing the ball all over the gym and that kind of stuff, that's when it all falls apart. So you've got to come out focused. You got to stay locked in on the game and the game only and, you know, see, see where it goes, you know, tonight. But yeah, it's a, I, I, I feel like they're going to win. I think, you know, I just, I think everything's mm-hmm. been leading towards this being a seven game series. No, I, I agree. Uh, looking at ESPN, their matchup predictor says 70% chance that the Celtics win this game. They are a three and a half point favorite yeah, on the point spread I, as of this, <laughs> as of this moment. But I, I agree. I think that um, 
I think Boston is the favorite to win this game. Um, they should be. They're at home. Mm-hmm. We've been saying this would wind up going seven games. Um, we've been saying if the Celtics won, it would be a Celtics in six situation. Otherwise, this thing probably goes seven. And so that's that's what I'm expecting to happen tonight is a is a Boston win. And then we get a game seven, which I'm not going to complain about getting a game seven in the yep. NBA finals. That's always that's always a lot of fun. So um, that's what I, I think what I'm expecting to happen. But we will see. You never know with Steph Curry. You never know with Jason Tatum, with these star level players like they can go nuts. And I think this is the kind of game where it could be decided by a role player or two on either side that has either a good or bad shooting night that could ultimately determine the outcome of yeah. uh, of a game like this. That's a huge thing I'm looking for here is I'm looking for Derek White, Graham Williams, Peyton Pritchard, one or two of them to step up at home uh, with the home crowd behind them. Role players almost always play better at home. Not only play well and give production, but also allow Ime Udoka to let Brown and Tatum take a short rest at points right. in this game. In game five, they played the entire second quarter, the entire third quarter, and had they needed to, they would have played the entire fourth quarter. It just got away from them in those last you know minute, minute and a half or so, and they emptied the bench. But you, you got to get those guys a spot. You know, just even if it's only a couple minutes, a couple minutes going into the quarter, where then right these long TV timeouts in the finals, those extend into that turns into you know seven eight minutes off your feet fully, mm-hmm. you know to 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 just you know, you know catch your breath, get your legs back under you because by the end of the game they look done and and it's not an excuse. Um, it, it's I, I think you know it's more of a fact that I think he may blundered for the first time really in the postseason blundered the, the rotation a little bit and I think you know mm-hmm. just but it was hard to criticize it because you weren't getting anything out of the bench the bench was horrendous all game long so they they, they need to be be better and I'm not going to go into all the nonsense of this is the legacy game for Jason Tatum he's 24 years old like stop uh-huh. like this is so dumb. But if they, they're going to win, they need him to, to be big, right? They, they need that game six against the box, 46-point type performance. You know, if he can put that together, we're going to have a game seven, and we can feel pretty good about that. And as I've been saying, because you, you know how it goes, you get asked everywhere, right? That's all the conversation is, is today. We're cramming this in between like seven or eight radio hits I have today. Everybody says, well, what what happens in game seven, though? Are you just going to go back to Golden State? That's going to be impossible to win there. Weird stuff happens in game, game seven. seven. Anything can happen. Yep. Yeah, weird, weird stuff happens. Like, it's, you know, I, I kind of throw words being played out the window to some extent, the situation, all that stuff. So, but can't, as I think Jason Tatum put it perfect, can't win two on Thursday. Can only win, can only win one. Yep. Just get game six, worry about game seven later. The, go to a game seven and the pressure flips. Right now, the yep. pressure's on Boston to, yep. to get this win tonight. Yep. Go to a game seven and suddenly it's uh oh. You know the Warriors were up three two. Are they going to blow this? You know that then the pressure We've does flip. It. But again, game game seven, there's tons of pressure regardless. Yep. We've seen so, the Warriors losing game seven at home. So mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, it's going to be a fun one tonight. Make sure you do come join us over on Playback. Make sure you're also subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show over on Apple Podcasts and right here on the NBA front office YouTube channel as well. Till next time, everybody see ya and stay safe.